Okay, Nasir, thank you for joining us. Um, sports, sports Dev Series, um, thank you so much. I know you're busy with the NFF and I really appreciate your time. Um, most people don't know uh, what the Chief Technical Officer for the NFF does. Um, so I think we can start there. If you feel free to just please share what it is you do for the NFF and how it impacts football in the country. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, being the Chief Technical Officer of Nigerian Football Corporation means automatically that I worked in the technical department of Nigerian Football Corporation. Uh, but that apart, the fact that I am uh, I'm a thorough pro, uh, sports professional football administrator, uh, there are other areas too that are not necessarily technical that I deal with. Like I run the transfer matching system of Nigerian Football Federation. I run the club licenses of Nigerian Football Federation. I work in the office of the president of Nigerian Football Federation. And then I'm the chief technical officer of Nigerian Football Federation. Chief technical officer is uh, more involved with the technical part of the administration because even in the administration, there's technical. Uh, the technical part of administration deals with, with players, deals with uh, especially coaches. Uh, the technical department is in charge of uh, appointment of coaches, not, not necessarily in charge, but we scrutinize documentations when coaches, when the when the, the federation is in very coaches, we scrutinize the, the, the documentations, their their credentials. We we make the short list and then it is up to the executive uh, board of the NFF to to choose who they want to. Uh, when Nigeria, when we play matches irrespective of who category under 17, under 15, 20, 23, the, the senior national teams, both male and females, uh, we go to matches with them. It doesn't necessarily have to be me. Anybody in the technical department can be said. Uh, we used to be about five or six, but unfortunately for now, I am the only person because the others, uh, one was on contract and the, uh, the contract has expired, it has not been renewed. Two or three of them retired because uh, they are civil servants and they've reached the age of retirement and we've really missed them. So for now, I'm the only person, but the, the Federation is making efforts at employing uh, more officers for the technical department. Uh, we go to matches, we have the coaches, we get information ahead of time, like I know a few of us can read can read the matches using numbers, you know, you know what it means to, to read matches using numbers, statistics, when you don't have to see a team to know the strength of a team. We, we do that and then we give our reports to the coaches and then gives the coaches some leeway, a little, not, not a lot, but you know, in football matches, something really, really minute, very small can, can make the difference. So basically that's what we do in the technical department of the preparation. Fantastic. So, so you, you, you know, and from what you've said, I have a lot of questions have come to my head. But one of the key things, the last piece of what you said is you you go and scout future teams that, uh, for instance, the Super Eagles might need to play. Uh, people from your department go and watch the games and evaluate them and then give share the information with the, uh, in this case, it would be Jenard Rohr or the technical director. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct. Uh, but you know, we don't necessarily have to go to any match. Uh, some of the matches that we know we cannot get the tapes. Yes, they send uh, people out to go and, uh, and do the scouting, watch the teams and come out of the But most of the matches, you know, we, we, we 
happen on TV, will have them recorded. We go over them again and again and again because you know you know how it is. No matter how you watch a match, no matter how many times you watch a match, every time you watch, you will see something different. Every time yeah. you watch, you will see. Yeah, so we, we have some, some of the matches on tape and we watch them over and over again. And then we, we just give our suggestions and advices to, to whichever team or fish, whichever team is, is engaged in going with the game. If it is the under 17, we talk to the coaches of the under 17, if it is the under 20, whatever. Gennard uh, Draw already have his own scouts and uh, on his team, he also have his analysts and all, but yet when when we think we have something that might be you of use to them we, we communicate and we give them the information wow so it, and, and does this apply to the falcons as well do you also um does yes. your department also okay yes and, all the national teams all the national teams male or female irrespective of the ages no absolutely and, and that, that's that's interesting so uh, usually so even if for the youth games, when you watch these games, you identify things you share with the coaches, and 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 those those are that information that you shared with the coaches. They usually help the coaches in trying to come up with a strategy for beating that team in in qualifying. And this applies to qualifiers as well as uh, World Cups, right? Qualifiers, <clears throat> both qualifiers for African. Uh, Cup of Nations for, for all the youth, for all the categories, and uh, the World Cup, all of them. And you know, especially in the, the qualifiers of the junior, junior teams, the under-17, not most of the matches are shown on, on TV, you know, and, and you, you hardly even know the players on these teams, because most of the players on under-17 teams, uh, as soon as, as that period has, has gone, those, those two years old, those 20 months, within which they do the qualifiers and the African Cup and the World Cup, that that, that group of players are, are faced out because most of them would have been over 17 then. So it's important that we, we, we in technical departments now get to know these teams, like find a way to get their tapes. Well, I, with, with me, it's as well as quite easy for us too now because there are a lot of websites where we can go and watch the, 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 the matches live. Uh, record them or stream them and, and watch them. But most of the time, the coaches will not have the opportunities that we have to do this. I wake up sometimes 1 a.m., 2 a.m. to watch these matches, record these matches, and then share the information that I have, both formally and informally with the coaches. Most of the coaches on the national teams, are uh, we are like family, we are like friends with all of them. So if we see anything, we, we talk to each other, we talk over the phone, when we see each other or when we come to their trainings, we tell them this is what we've seen. And most of the time they, they, they take us seriously and it helps. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. that's amazing. That's that's really commendable work that you do in helping them prepare for matches. So um in terms of coaches and, and coaching development, does your department also handle uh the licensure and licensing of coaches yeah. in Nigeria? Um yes. and, and yeah, how does that process work? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, we do. <clears throat> but uh, you know, you know, for for a while now, for for like uh, a year or eighteen months, we have not been able to have any of these coaching uh, uh, courses. Uh, one for one reason, the COVID, and then before the COVID, we have had some issues because we've had we have not done the the the, the air license 
category we have not done one or two we have skipped one or two of the b licenses and then suddenly the COVID. so for the last 12 to 18 months we have not we have not done anything but yes our our department is also responsible for that and right now we, we've been talking to fifa like fifa and cap they've been talking to us anyway they've been talking to the technical departments about coaching uh, programs uh, about what we do, what how we do them, and what how we do them before uh, uh, about changes that we want and, and changes that they think we should have uh, in the process in the, in the general in the general procedure of uh, the coaching courses we have had before. Uh, for one, I think the duration of the courses before now you, you have like say let's say the CAPC license. You, you come to you come to Abuja. We stay here for two weeks, and then uh, uh, we do some some theory in the class, and then some practicals. And after two weeks, you give certificates. Come on, see license it should be a lot beyond. But I don't think two weeks is enough. But that was what that's what is on the on the on the program schedule. So we proposed, and we. We've talked to CAP about that. We've talked to the FIFA technical department about this. And, and they agree totally that they think two weeks is not enough. Uh, but then if two weeks is not enough, you will, you will probably need maybe a minimum of four weeks. Uh, where will you be who is going to finance this, this, these programs? You know, keeping the coaches for four weeks or telling the coaches to, 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 to take their own responsibilities of coming to Abuja, staying in Abuja, staying in a hostel for four weeks is, it's a bit hard. So uh, in the last workshop, I, I spoke with, with our coordinator, the FIFA CAP coordinator for the uh, TDs, because you know we don't have a technical director right now. I am I am not holding for technical director, but because I am the the person in the technical department now, I, I attend these meetings, uh, these online meetings. I I I now discuss with him at length, and I asked him if we can enter into partnership with, with coaches associations, with, with uh, institutes that, that, that offer coaching courses for people, uh, as long as their, their syllabus and the scheme of work is rich, I think there is no harm in, in entering into partnership with them and allowing their the, the own lecturers or their own teachers to be the ones, the instructors to be the ones to, to to handle the, the coaching courses, and in the end, the, the licenses will be in the name of Nigerian Football Federation. I don't think it is, it is a bad idea, and uh, I, I already spoken badly with the general secretary about this, and I will soon propose to it. I propose it to him in writing, and once he accepts, we will now send our proposal to CAP, and then if he accepts, there are, there are a lot of uh, uh, like the, like the, the coaches union here. I know. I know FC, FCAA, the one with, uh, with the doctor from the U.S., they, these are all organizations that we can enter into partnership with and, and reduce a lot the stress, you know, the, 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 the volume of work that we have to do. You know, we can just do the administration, just look at targets, the, the course, organize the courses, and then they take care of running the courses for us because they have already, already have qualified uh, instructors. So very soon, very soon, we'll have innovations like that. Yeah, that, 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 that should help with the situation. But would, the, would this organization also help with the, the practical aspect, like you mentioned, actually going out on, on the field and um, 
and 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 teaching from a practical standpoint yes yes definitely definitely it's the, the organizations i'm talking about we are not talking about like 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 universities or colleges no no we're talking about like specific institutions that offer coaching courses i see and especially for football so definitely yeah. any institution that is dedicated to coaching uh football will, will definitely have the practicals uh, you will have instructors who will be responsible and who will be capable enough to, to run practical issues. Okay. Is it possible Is it possible to roll out, and that's a really good idea, uh, Nasir, but is, is it possible to roll out um, the that particular strategy through the state FAs? Because the state FAs, if, for instance, you have uh, coaches in uh, Abuja or Kano or Kaduna, you know, they don't have to necessarily come to Abuja if their state FAs can implement the, uh, you know, the, 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 the training mechanism and framework within those states, then those coaches could get trained and not have to pay for the travel. And, you know, what, what are your thoughts about that? I, I, I agree. I agree completely. I agree that you can, you can do that. And, uh, but then, you know, we have to start somewhere. We have to start with what we are planning now with uh, having this relationship with uh, outside uh, outside institutions that are not directly responsible for the coaching courses. But now, if we enter into uh, an agreement or partnership with them and it works at national level, let's see, let's see it at national level, how we can handle it then. Eventually we can let it sleep and, uh, and, and get into, at, to go to the state levels. Yes, I, okay. I think. It's a really a good, good, good idea. Yeah, yeah, because that's always been my, um, you know, I've I've worked with a lot of, uh, you know, different levels of football in Nigeria. I've worked with academies, amateur teams, uh, nationwide league, national league, Premier League, yeah. you know, and and one thing I've always wondered is how is the standardization of 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 the coaching quality maintained? Yeah across all those different levels. So, you know, sometimes you go you, you go to the amateur and academy level and the guy's like, oh, I'm the coach for this team. And I can have a conversation for five minutes and know that, mm -hmm. uh, okay, these boys, aren't, they're not being taught the proper, yeah. the proper way. You know I, know, I know you're familiar about this. You know, what are, what are, what are your thoughts on how we can try to re resolve something like that to make sure that even a, a young a younger uh, player in Sokoto or Zamfara that uh, or even Kalaba or Cross River State that needs to, you know, develop himself is getting quality coaching. Yeah, and get the quality coaching and 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 know the basics. You know, when we have coaches who who knows all the basics, well, that is the more reason why I think it is really important now that when we enter into this partnership with different organization, that we should be able to start at national level. Of course, naturally, we wanted to, 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 to go to the state level, like, like you said. But when we start at national level with general syllabus that everybody is going to use, whether, whether you are coming from uh, Kalaba, from Sokoto, whether the instructor is from America or he is from Nigeria or he is from Ghana, but the syllabus, what is going to be taught to everyone is the same and is controlled by the Federation Technical Department. I think that is what we really need to do to help. And then again, you know, these academies and, and Nigeria, Boma, we know how it is. It's really unbelievable. You have, yeah. I know, I know, I know when I was a kid that 
my coaches never had any formal coaching education. Coaching education, yeah. I know. But I know that things were different then and now. Now football is really huge. You know, it's, it's a big business. So you have football and footballers everywhere in all the nooks and crannies of the country. And then yeah. you have the, the number of academies, the number of clubs, the number of grassroots clubs springing up every day is, is alarming. You know, like I, I tell you that Nigeria, you know, the clubs that we have registered on the TMS in Nigeria are close to 300. Wow. Nigeria, yes. And, and of these 300, I am telling you that 270 something are grassroots amateur clubs. Yeah. So no matter how much, no matter how much you, you think you can plan, especially with the situation in Nigeria, it is it is going to be really, really, really hard to have at every level, at every level to have like really qualified coaches doing this. I know. But I know I know also the technical department, I know the president has spoken with the chairman of the technical uh, committee, and I know the general secretary has spoken to me about it, and I know the vice president, who is the, the chairman of the youth committee of football committee in Nigeria Corporation, uh, are all are all talking about us streamlining the whole academy situations in Nigeria. Like we want to come up with, with conditions and, and prerequisites that you must fulfill before you can establish an academy or a grassroots club. What is you know, you know, Boma, it is really funny when 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 anybody just walk up to you and say, I own an academy. Come on, you own an academy. You own an academy. Okay, what is what is just just interfere? Just tell me what do you think an academy what is an academy? They will tell you, they will tell you now that it is just you know the small club, the you know club where you have the younger guys playing and, and then you take them to, to grassroots clubs or you take them to premier clubs. That is what they think an academy is. Yeah. They don't even think about like it is it is an institution supposed to be one that will streamline and educate the players as, as they go, you know, but 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 education in terms of academics, we're talking about academics and then and then the football, football. itself. No, it is not so. I, I watched one video that went viral in Nigeria of somebody beating a player on an academy. And then we made some we made our own investigation and we found out that these guys are not actually academies. Yeah. They are players who are, who are 23, 24, 25 in those, on those teams. And they are in an academy. And they do not offer them any form of academic uh, training at training. all. Yes. So we, we, we are going to look at all this. I know it is going to be hard. I know it is going to be really hard. It's going to be really rough. But as far as I'm concerned, I think we just must grit our teeth and, and, and just do this. We just have to do this. We just have to come come out with the conditions. We don't even have to come out with anything. It is it is very clear what an academy is. So if you, you don't fulfill those, those very basic necessities of the needs for an academy. You, you you cannot be registered in Nigeria. You shouldn't be registered in Nigeria as an academy, really. If you call yourself a grassroots club or you call yourself an amateur club, fine. We have we have no problems with that. Yeah. 
No, you bring up a very good point, and that was that was actually the next point I was supposed I wanted to um bring up is 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 the prerequisites and the standardization, and making sure that before you become an academy, you have to establish and meet a certain criteria. Um, you know, you just like you're right. You're absolutely one hundred percent correct. You just can't put up a tent and say you have an academy. And there's no guarantee what the players are being taught. There's no guarantee that they're furthering their academic pursuits, you know, these sort of things. So, uh, you know, and it's I, Nigeria has, I think, 776 local government areas. Am I correct? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you have that challenge of 776 locations that if in some kind of way, there is a, a system that can be, be built into all those 776 locations mm -hmm. where the coaches and the individuals there have to, one, get licensed. If you, if you say you're a coach, then you must get um, licensed and you must have the basic level of education from a coaching standpoint, right? Um, these are things I've seen. Like, I'm licensed under, I'm licensed under the... Um, the U.S. Federation, and what I what I've seen there is, you know, they they try to make sure that all the coaches across the board have that basic level. If you want to say you're a coach, do players. Another thing they do, um, and I don't even know if this is possible in Nigeria, but is that they generate revenue through coaches acquiring their license. So coaches pay to acquire the license. Yeah. Um, and that some of that money goes to the federation. Um, so it's one of actually the areas they used to generate referee coaches, referees, and the like. Um, yeah. I'm not even sure if that's feasible in Nigeria, but I wanted to mention that to you as well. Well, my, I, I understand that. I, it's really, sometimes, sometimes you really don't want to say things like this. Really, you know, they, they, they pay also here. They pay to come for the, the coaching process, but what they pay, man, is really minimal. It's, it's not something that will even run their stay uh, in the school, in the, in the, in the, in the hostel, and, uh, and their feeding and everything, and, and, and equipping them and buying equipment to use and stuff like that. What they are paying is not going to pay 50% of that. But we still complain. They, they still wow. complain. They still complain that, that it is too much. This is Nigeria for you. They complain that it is too much. And the same guys, you see, you see, people will come to the coaching course. By the time they are done with C license coaching courses, they go back home. They have not even taught, they don't even, they don't even they, they don't even coach in academies or in youth teams or on grassroots teams or anything. What they want is to coach the national teams of Nigeria. <laughs> This is not funny. I have, I have, I have one of the guys who came in, my, in the in the department with me. He is right now in, in an office. Now he is he is putting together all the applications that we have. I know of the applications that we have. We have over 150 applications here. I am telling you, 110 to 120 of the coaches, the applications we have there have not coached even grassroots teams. Wow. Just because we said, okay, that you have to come and have C license is the minimum you can have to coach maybe an amateur team, C license. So they come for the C license and they get the C license and suddenly, oh, we are qualified to coach the junior team. Yeah. But my, 
It's crazy here, yeah, really. I tell you. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So, so what's the what's the process for a coach that wants to become a national team, whether it's U seventeen, U twenty, uh, for the men or the or even the women's teams? What's that process like? Yeah, well, like like what you have right now, you know, we don't have coaches for any of the, of the national team except the super eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, they've they've advertised these positions long ago. And we've been having uh, applications. We've been receiving applications. That's why I'm telling you that uh, uh, one of the guys I work with is in the office right now, doing uh, harnessing them and putting them together. Uh, normally, you you we when when these positions are open, we we advertise them and tell people to send in their applications. So people send in their applications. Like you have for maybe for the under 17, maybe you have 50 people. 50 different coaches all who would want to coach the under 17 of Nigeria. And then the under 20, you have maybe 70. And then this this is how it is. But then when they come, like I said before, we it is our responsibility in the technical department to sift through them and and and, and pick those those that fulfill the basic requirements that we want for coaches, uh, for coaching any of the national teams. Like if you have the basic requirements, and, and mind you that on the 17 will be different from the under 20, the under 20 will be different from the main national team. So if you have the basics for the under 17 and you, you applied for the under 20, we, we step you down to the under 17. We step the application. We don't necessarily say that because we step you down, you are going to get the job of the under 17. No, what we are saying now we step it down because we think that the 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 basic requirement needed for the under 20, you don't have it. So we bring it, if you fulfill that of the under 17, we bring it to the under 17. And that's how we do it for all, the, all of them. When we are done with this, then we write a report to say, okay, we have uh, uh, 10, 10 applications for the position of the head coach of under 17. We have 10 or two or 12 for the under 20 and, and so on. That's what we do. We, we present it to the technical committee and the technical committee will sit away and and, and brainstorm over it, and then decide who they think is right to be given the post. They will propose that to, to the executive committee of the Nigerian Football Federation, and if the executive committee of the Nigerian Football Federation agrees, so be it. But this time around, you know, it's, it's a little different because some of these positions will will be will be filled using the, the format that I just just mentioned. But some of these positions will actually be, uh, I think they have uh, hired a consulting company, uh, was Philip Consulting Company, who are going to be responsible for uh, making analysis and shortlisting of candidates for certain positions. I know the position of the compliance officer of the NFS, the position of the marketing officer of the NFS, the position of uh, the Super Falcons coach, and one other, but four of them. So the Philips Consulting Company will be responsible for those things. But the others uh, will go through the same process that I just uh, explained to you. I see. Now, I noticed that um, for some time, so of course, we all know for Super Eagles, uh, we, we consider foreign coaches. Do, do foreign coaches also apply for our youth men's teams, U17 or U20? Yes, yes, 
surprisingly, uh, this year, I, I, I think I've had about six or seven uh, foreigners applying for uh, the Gino teams, applying to coach our Gino teams to under 17, especially about six or seven. Yeah. Really? Is that a possibility or, or do we tend to just focus on the Nigerian nationals for those jobs? For, for me, I for me, I really don't. My own opinion is this. I think the junior national team should be handled strictly by Nigerians. As long as yeah. we have Nigerians. We also have, even if you're talking about people with European qualifications, we have Nigerians who are based in Europe, who have, who have played and have coached in, in Europe and who are interested and they can get it. So for me, that's just my personal opinion that this should be strictly for Nigerian, Nigerian uh, coaches. And I think so far, that is how it is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Do you, do you um are there situations where you know um you identify certain coaches, Nigerian coaches that are maybe coaching in Europe doing exceptionally well, and then your department might approach them? I think there's a recent example of a coach. I've forgotten his name. Uh, I think he was coaching in in uh, Albania or or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was my teammate when we played in Jelasberga. Oh, I really? Yeah. <laughs> We are actually quite close. We are actually quite close. Yes, we, we, we identify them, but you know, you know the truth is this, Boma, if you are coaching in Europe, right now you are coaching in Europe and you are doing well in Europe, the, the amount of money you get paid in Europe, you will not be able to afford probably yeah. 50% of that. That's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. We probably will not be able to afford 50% of that. So very few of them will agree to abandon what they are doing in Europe and then come back to it. And, and, and take up the jobs here. That's the truth. But yes, of course, we identify them and and and, and we sometimes we talk to them, even if informally, you, you know, you talk to them to see if maybe there will be possibilities. Like yeah. I just Indubus uh, Ego is is a friend. Uh, we we chat, we chat on LinkedIn, we chat on we chat on WhatsApp with him. We, we exchange pleasantries and all, and we wish each other luck. And but. I really don't think it is time. Man. <laughs> come now. I really don't think so. That's interesting. So, how how are you coping with? Of course, this is COVID. This we're in twenty twenty. Next year, you're meant to have youth championships. Um, if I'm not mistaken, right? Next year is where you have the U twenty and U seventeen World Cups. Yeah, but you know the calendar. Definitely, the calendar would be would get. A little tweet from FIFA and from CAF. Mm -hmm. It has been, yeah, it has been. And uh, you know, it is going to be the same. The, the, the situation is the same. The conditions are the same for everyone. Everywhere in the world is to, to train with the players and all. Nobody, nobody is it's in a position now to, come, to, to put the players in camp, not especially in Africa. So, so like everyone, we, we are struggling like everyone. This thing will be over. Like everyone, we, we are waiting for like our own government to allow football and activities, contact sports to, to start, and then we we'll bring these guys to come. But yes, 2021, there are tournaments that are that are scheduled by by both FIFA and, and CAF, and if they are still going to be on on schedule, we we like every other African country will struggle to to go for the qualifiers. So I think it is a level playing ground. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So most most of the people that are going to watch this don't aren't familiar with the transfer matching system, especially as it, as it relates to being rolled out in Nigeria. Um, can you uh, help educate us a little bit about what that okay. is and and how it will work in Nigeria? Um, I know you had mentioned all the clubs that have come to register. Um, I, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with it, but then you know, of course, you work in that department. So, uh, well, uh, the transfer matching system, uh, simply like 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 it says, is transfer matching system. That means uh, a, a situation uh, where where when two clubs uh, uh, are involved in in the transfer of a player one one club identifies a player and says we, we need this player or we want to buy this player from the other club uh, and the other club probably they, they they talk to each other and they accept that okay you can transfer that you can take the player and sell the player to you uh, the transfer matching system simply means does that information the two different clubs will enter into a waveline real-time uh, sites which is accessible to the two clubs, to the football association, and to FIFA. For them to enter information about the trial that I try engaging a player, so-so-so player from Canopilas, is being engaged by, by uh, Arsenal. And then kind of pillars will enter the same details to say that our player, so, so person, is being engaged by Arsenal. They, they enter the terms and conditions agreed between them, the transfer agreement between the, between the two of them. Each of them will enter the same information. By the time they finish entering this information, when this information matched, it is now called the it is now a transfer matching system. Now it has it has uh, matured. In transfer, in using the transfer matching system, the federation, yeah, all the federations, the MBS have absolutely almost no parts to play in the transfers. Everything is done by the clubs. The only time the federation or the MBS are concerned with the transfer is when it comes to issuing an international transfer certificate, ITC. You know what an ITC is? Yes. But Yes, but and, and a lot of people think like, okay, with, without an ITC, we sometimes we don't even have to issue an ITC. Even if we don't issue an ITC, once the transfer is matched, properly matched, the two clubs enter the details and the details are matched. Whether we like it or not, number one, we have to verify, just verify and confirm the player. Just to check on the system to see that the information entered by the club engaging or the club releasing the player, the information entered. Is the information of that player to confirm that that player is registered in our association. That's all we have to do. By the time we are done with that, the, the, the association that is engaging the player will not request the ITC from the general corporation. And whether we like it or we don't like it, after, after a week, a week after the request for the ITC and we don't deliver the ITC, FIFA will automatically give them the, the opportunity to provisionally register the player. And after one year, if nobody complains about the registration, provisional registration, it becomes permanent. Now, most of the most of the time, people mistakes uh, normally the the our our participation in the TMS as 
as in it is we who are responsible for the transfers of the players. No, not the federation. We are not. We have absolutely nothing to do with it. And ITC is what we deliver at the end of a transfer. You know, that is the last part of the transfer which is delivered by ITC. And ITC is just a certificate to show that a player has moved from one federation to another federation. A player can play without an ITC because FIFA can give you provisional clearance. So once a player is, has moved from one country to another to play his football in, it is an obligation for the country he's living to issue the ITC. And if you don't have one way, FIFA gives the ITC. So transfer matching system is, is a platform that helps most clubs, and especially clubs in Africa, to be able to track the movement of the players, and especially their players. Once they move from one club to another, you know, all you do is go to the TMS, click, if you have a TMS account, click on users, click on a player, type the name of player, and you'll see the player. You'll see his ID, you'll see which country he's playing for, he's playing in, you'll see which club he's playing for. And if you don't know about the movement or about the transfer, and he has played for you, there's also what is called the player passport. This shows the history, the records of all the clubs the player has played for. So once you have that, and in that player, in that uh, IPP, the name of your club, is on the IPP to show that the player has played for your club. You use the IPP and you can claim solidarity mechanism and friendly competition. You can you can claim that on, on your player who has played for your team like 12 years ago, 20 years ago, as long as he is still playing, he hasn't quit uh, playing football, you can at least claim solidarity, you can get something out of it. So people are a lot of, at the beginning, I know now, I know now they are beginning to understand, they are beginning to, to get more educated, especially in Nigeria about the importance of having a TMS account. Mm -hmm. They thought they thought if they have a TMS account, uh, no, the Nigerian Football Federation is going to control them, it's going to tell them what to do and what not to do. It is actually now when you have a TMS account that you will be able to tell yourself what to do and what not to do. Or you will be able to tell the NFM that no, I can't do this and I can't do that. So TMS is simply a, a very simplified wave-based uh, side introduced by, by FIFA uh, in, uh, started in 2007, yes, and then it became mandatory in 2010. So for, for 13 years now, TMS has been with us, and uh, I think in Nigeria now it is getting really, really popular. Uh, already in Nigeria, we have the DTMS. Well, in any case, DTMS, whether you, we have it before or not, now it is mandatory that even in Locally, you cannot transfer a player unless you use TMS. Hmm. Yeah, no, that, that it's a very good development. I think you know yeah. there have been a lot of issues surrounding uh, players tracking their players' playing history to be able to play solidarity contribution or or even training. And I think does the does the TMS system determine the category of a club that the player is coming from. So, because, uh, you know, according to FIFA, the training compensation is paid dependent on the category of the club. And most African clubs are put in category four. Uh, um, not much. It depends on your country. Depends on your country. Like in Nigeria, we have uh, category two, three, and four. So we categorize our own clubs to be category two is the Premier League, only the clubs that play in the Premier League. Yeah. 
category three are clubs that play in the second professional league, that is the NNL, and the women Premier, excuse me, and the women Premier League. Those are in category three, and then category four, uh, the grassroots teams, the academies, the amateur teams. That's how we categorize our clubs. But it is okay. not. A it is not the TMS that determines for you category of your clubs. It is the federation that determines which club is in this category, category and which club is in this category. And in the case of Nigeria, Premier League is in category two. Uh, the National League, the National Pro League, and the Premier Women League, Professional League is category three. And then the amateur, the grassroots, and all others are category four clubs. I see. That's very good. That's very good. Did the, the um, so with a lot of these, uh, academies in Nigeria, you know, I can just imagine the challenges one would face trying to make sure that they're all synced. If a player comes out um, from Nigeria that a club likes and he's supposedly registered to some academy uh, and the academy is not registered in the TMS um, and then you have a couple of clubs saying, oh, this guy was my is my player. This one is saying is my player. He plays for my club. You know, and the the European club is like, okay, we want this guy. But you have two or three clubs asking for training compensation. How do you resolve? <laughs> how do you how do you resolve that that kind of issue? That's that's what's been killing me now. It's it's difficult. It's crazy. I tell you. Uh, well, now now I've resolved that this is what I do. That at the end of at the end of the day if a player is transferred to a club and they need his player passport because when we are issuing an itc we are supposed to issue an itc with the ipp the, the player passport so i get the player i dropped i get the, the club that is transferring him overseas the, the the releasing club i get the releasing club to give me the history of the player they can tell me he plays for one club or two clubs or three clubs and then i i inform the the, the, the ipp once I do the IPP, I will send it to them, a draft copy of it, and I'll tell them to give it to the player, for the player to sign and to print and confirm to me this information is true of his playing history while in Nigeria. So this is the only thing I can do now because FIFA also says that if we can't determine exactly their gloves, we can talk to the players. So this is the only thing I do. But Boma, I mean, this is not helping. You get you get you get the players leaving, and you get the, the club that is releasing them, telling them that look, if you tell NFF that you played for three or four clubs, that will be an issue for you. So they will tell us that he played for only one or two clubs, and then we we'll put the one or two clubs, and we we'll ask for the years, and they tell us the years, and we we'll do the draft passport, and you send it to this guy, he signs it, we return it to you, you put it on a letterhead, and upload it on on the transfer on the TMS. One month later, you have somebody coming with, 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 with pictures to support that that player has actually played for him. You will have somebody coming with licenses. But my is, is my greatest headache. It's the biggest headache in Nigeria right now. Yeah, I can imagine. I can only imagine. We, we, are, lucky. we are lucky the people connected here. We, we, yeah. I, hope, I hope letters by the end of this year will start using the FIFA Connect, where we'll be able to register every single player from the age of 10, 11, 12. So even if you have an academy, no matter how small your academy is, you have to come and register your players. If you don't register your players tomorrow, you cannot come and tell us that uh, he played for you or you bring pictures or anything, we're not going to take it. If you bring in, if you have a player 
from the age of 10, you should come to the Federation and register them on the FIFA Connect. And once we have them on the FIFA Connect, we'll be able to know and track their movement. Every time a player moves from one place to another place, even if academy or anything, every year where he moved to, the new academy must come to the, to the NFF and inform us that they have acquired so 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 player. We check the ID of the player, and if he is from another academy, he was from another academy, then we now remove him from the other academy and move him into the new academy. Well, he's an amateur player, so he can move at any time he chooses. So we just move that. But now we have information. But as long as you don't have this information, you don't have your player on the FIFA Connect, you cannot come to us for any player password. But Boma, this is, I am, I am already, I've already been, been, been accused of so many things in my life. About the player, I've been fooled how I, how, oh my goodness. It, it's funny, but when you work in Nigerian football, you only work in Nigerian football federation, you really must, must develop a very thick skin. Otherwise, you'll never be able to. Wow. Wow. No, it's, 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 well, and you, the work you're doing is very commendable. I think, you know, I know the issues that come around from these sorts of things and having some sort of organization will solve so many problems, but you're right. There's some people that don't want to, for one reason or the other, they don't want to fit into an organized system. They will rather prefer to work in the chaos and yeah, because the chaos benefits them. That's what's what it comes out to. Yeah. So but I think the work that you are doing with everything, you know, the TMS, the coaching certification, these sort of things can change the face and the future of a country's football um, because it determines the, 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 the type of players you produce. It determines the type of coaches. There are some countries out there that they, ex they literally export coaches constantly. You know, yeah. and there's a reason for that. So, um, you know, I, I commend you on your work. I think it's fantastic. I, I have one final question for you. Is <clears throat> is the TMS system, is it live? Is it something that someone like myself can go online and go into to see? Or is it only um, restricted to s certain people that have registered there? Yeah, it's only restricted to, to clubs, uh, associations, and, and FIFA. Okay. If you, not, if you are not a club, if you don't own a club or you don't run a club, you cannot you cannot have access to game. Basically, it's basically confidential. It is it is where okay. between clubs, information only known to clubs within themselves in transfers is is stored. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So it makes sense. So pretty much, if you're a club and you're not registered on there, you can't go on there. You have to register literally on there to be able to. I see. I see. No, uh, Nasir, thank you so much. I, I, I know you have to go uh, for prayers, and I really, really, really appreciate your time. Um, maybe we can we can do this again. I can schedule a longer session because I have so many questions to ask. But we can do this, Boma. Again, we can do this. Don't forget, I run the club licenses. We've not talked about the club licenses. Ah, yes, we haven't even yes, talked sir. about the club license. No, we, we definitely need to. I'll take a look at your calendar, maybe in a couple, in a, you know, weeks, couple of months, and, and see when you have more time and we'll be able to talk. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's, it's, it's my pleasure, really. Thank you. Thank you. Too. Okay. All the best, man. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye.